Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm wondering how a, an individual was able to access the home of someone so prominent. Was there any security in place there? How was he able to open the door of this uh, uh, home? What I can tell you is that... Uh, there was no security present and that he was able to break the window to a glass door to gain entry into the home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's from the press conference that went on yesterday uh, with the reporters asking Brooke Jenkins what was going on. And to this point, was it politically motivated? 42. So can you definitively say now this was obviously politically motivated? Yes, it appears as though this was based on his statements um, and comments that were made in that house during his encounter with Mr. Pelosi that this was politically motivated. Any evidence to suggest you would go as far to say it was an assassination attempt? What I will say is that he was looking for the speaker at the time that he entered the home. Of course, the federal affidavit contains a bit more information about other things that he's, motivations that he's expressed, um, but he certainly did uh, enact what we believe is an attempt to murder her husband at the time. Uh, that the police arrived. Well, yeah, and that happened all of a sudden. So we can get into some of the details here. And I do want to talk about political violence because I did some reading about this yesterday and I have questions with no answers on what the what the current climate is like. But here, listen to some of this. So this one, this guy, one thing about your, your, your super mentally ill people, they tend to be very forthcoming with what's going on. Oh, yeah. Because they don't fully understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so he told San Francisco cops that he broke into the mansion through the glass door using a hammer that he brought with him. So we were all wondering where the hammer came from. He went upstairs to find Paul Pelosi in his bedroom asleep. So he's able to smash open the door. Well, it's a very giant house if you've seen the videos. But he smashed open the window and, and uh, didn't wake the guy up. Maybe he sleeps with a fan on or something. Anyway, he went upstairs to find Paul Pelosi in his bedroom asleep. Demanded he wake up, saying he had come for his wife. Pelosi responded that she was not present. Pelosi asked, first of all, God, how can you gloss over the idea of being dead asleep at age 82 and awakened and realizing intruders in your home with a hammer? Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Scary. Terrible. Oh, my God. Uh, So hammer-wielding lunatic said he wanted to tie Pelosi up so that he could go to sleep because he was tired from having had to carry a backpack to the Pelosi residence. See, I'm really, really worn out. You live at the top of a hill. It's just so nuts. The psycho then recounted taking out... I'm reading from the New York Post. I didn't say that. The New York Post just calls him a psycho. Well, that's a little... Yeah, casual, but he yeah. certainly is. The uh, the psycho then recounted taking out twist ties from his pocket so that he could restrain Pelosi. Pelosi moved towards another part of the house, but uh, Hammer Dude stopped him, and together they went back into the bedroom. The two men conversed, and Pelosi went to the bathroom where he was able to secretly call the police, which that call is actually available now. I heard it last night. Not particularly dramatic, but um, at the point that Hammer Guy realized what was happening... He said he felt like Pelosi's actions compelled him to respond. And he remembered thinking there was no way the police were going to forget about the phone call. Boy, how is that for a crazy person reaction? I'll bet they don't forget that he called 911. Wow. In another twist, the alleged attacker told police more than once that he did not leave after Pelosi's call to 911 because, much like the American founding fathers with the British, he was fighting against tyranny without the option of surrender. That's funny, as in funny, strange. Uh, several years ago, his big cause was pro-nudity. He believed nudism should be allowed in San Francisco as a drug-addicted, crazy Canadian. That's right, folks, a foreigner. Yeah, and here illegally. Yes. Currently, as reported only by Fox yesterday. So he and Pelosi go downstairs by the time police arrived, knocked on the door, which the 82-year-old rushed to open. So Pelosi opened the door, according to this story. Pelosi grabbed onto the hammer. At this point, um, he went to Whalen on Pelosi with the cops there, fracturing his skull in the process. And he later told cops Pelosi was taking the punishment instead of his wife. And the cops were witness to the attack. They were both holding the hammer with one hand when they when they uh, when they grabbed both of them. Pelosi was on the floor at that point, and that's rough. And was out. They had to think he might be dead. Uh, the officers asked what was going on, and Hammer Guy said everything's good. Officers wow. then asked him uh, to drop his hammer, pulled the hammer from Pelosi's hand, and swung it, striking Pelosi in the head. Officers immediately went inside, were able to strain him. Um, the charging documents state that Hammer Guy said he was targeting Pelosi for being the leader of the pack of lies told by the Democratic Party and that he wanted to break her kneecaps to show that her actions had consequences. Okay. So the reason I wanted to bring that up, because I was reading yesterday about 
history of the the the, the real uh, golden era. That's a wrong. That's a wrong term. But anyway, the where we had the most political violence. All of us students of history know is roughly sixty three through eighty one, where we had uh, Kennedy, MLK, another Kennedy, a number of attempts on Gerald Ford, and then Reagan shot. And hundreds of bombings, generally not meant to kill people, but to destroy federal property. But definitely, the 60s through 70s, uh, a very unsettled time in America. But each of the instances of political violence, well, what I'm trying to get to is this idea that we've got, um, we're creating a climate where we're going to get more of this. We're, we're, We're alerting crazy people. Um, to, 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 to dangers, and it's making them do crazy things, whether it's school shooters, I suppose, or these political assassinations or whatnot. But all of the examples from the 60s when, you know, things things were, were wild, culture wars, Vietnam, all these different sorts of things. But all of the individuals, well, nobody's really sure what Lee Harvey Oswald was up to. Um, Sirhan Sirhan was angry about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict who shot Bobby Kennedy. The people that shot Gerald Ford, what, three times in two weeks or something like that, they were all Manson people, so their their reasons were all super crazy. And the yeah, they were nuts. And yeah. the person that tried to kill Ronald Reagan was, you know, trying to impress Jodie Foster. So to, how does that fit in with the our culture of uh, heated rhetoric causes crazy people to commit violence? That's an interesting question and, and well well concocted. Uh, I, you know, there is a relationship between apocalyptic rhetoric and crazy people deciding to do something crazy. There, I, I do believe that. There seems to be. It seems to be. It's certainly not as straight a line as, um, you know, it's presented on cable news even in the last 72 hours of look what Donald Trump said and this guy was quoting that because that's not what happens. You don't end yeah. up with somebody uh, quoting the the leader of the Senate as they shoot Gerald Ford. Another quoting Charles Manson for crying out loud. So, so you think that, like, is it just the temperature in the air gets higher and it affects mentally ill people and so they act out violently? Yeah, there could be something of that as well. And and as I often say, very few things are explained by just one thing. But yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about the the temperature in the air in the late 60s, the 70s. Uh, It was very, very heated. A tremendous amount of anger and angst, uh, economic uh, fear. Um, and, And so, yeah, people felt more justified in engaging in violence. And I think we're in a similar period now. So, and you could cite all sorts of different reasons for that. So you think our heated rhetoric is responsible for, like, the hammer attack and various other things? Even though oh. they're, 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 the people are crazy and talking about all kinds of nutty things. I, I wouldn't say responsible for. I would say a factor in. Mm. Uh, well, take a look at the skyrocketing crime rates, for instance, and uh, just violence of all sorts. A lot of it has to do with the angst of the uh, pandemic lockdowns, for instance, more economic un- uncertainty, boredom, isolation, whatever. Um, but, you know, that that doesn't explain the entire rise in crime. A lot of it has to do with the pullback of the police, the uh, Marxist prosecutors who refuse to prosecute cops who figure there's no point in arresting somebody. They'll be out again this afternoon. Why would I risk my life? So, again, it's the one thing doesn't explain it, but it's all factors in the unholy stew of, of violence and anger. 
Yeah, it's it's complicated. I'm trying to think like if things were like heated in your household, I suppose it'd be more likely somebody throws a punch over something yes. unrelated to what things are heated about. Oh, 100%. It's like road rage. The person who engages in a road rage incident is angry because their life is bad or they're mentally malformed or, or they were abused as a kid or whatever. The the actual cutting them off in traffic or whatever is a, a one one hundredth of the cause. It's just it's like the fuse on a nuclear bomb. It's a very simple device and not very powerful, but it starts a nuclear bomb. That's really interesting. That might be the best Analogy, metaphor, whatever you want to call it. The road rage thing. Yeah, the the person is not willing to get into a fist fight over the fact that you cut them off in traffic. But the fact that their wife is leaving them and their boss is a jerk. And that. I mean, like the Brett Kavanaugh crazy person who was going to kill uh, the the justice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it just it's a crazy, angry person looking for a target. We get that all the time as public figures. I mean, y- y- we get emails all the time just enraged over some minor point that they disagreed with or we left out or something like that. And um, I mean, it's just wildly disproportionate. And it's because they brought that anger and are looking for a target. Well, I wish we could have this kind of conversation on a national level. Of course, we don't have that current sort of those shows don't exist. Really? Oh, yeah. On cable yeah. news or anything like that, where, where where you could say, look, the whole finding on his website somewhere he mentioned January 6th and drawing a straight line is not the way to look at this. No, it's idiotic and useless, but it scores political points. You know, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Max Boot, who sounds like a character out of some Nazi film. <laughs> uh, he writes for the Washington, uh, Washington Post. What's that uh, uh, boot stomping on a face for yeah. all eternity? If right. you want to know what the face of a but what's that? What's that from again? I can never remember. But anyway, Max cat in the boot. Hat. Uh, it's definitely not from the Cat in the Hat. Uh, but Max Boot's name reminds me of that saying. Um, anyway, uh, he's saying, "Quit with the whataboutism. Most political violence comes from the right." Okay, you win. So what happens now? The Republican Party folds. It concedes control of the government. Uh, what, what, what do you want to jail Republicans? What, what are you talking about? Everybody needs to calm down and cool the rhetoric. And we need to come up with better ways to treat our mentally ill people. Yeah. I wonder if you can. I haven't heard anybody do this, but I wonder if you can tie in school shootings, mass shootings and political violence. And just in terms of the temperature being hot. Uh, yes, I, I think absolutely so. Yeah. Well, and, and there are they're, they're cousins, those two things. They're not exactly the same. But, yeah, that's, some of the factors are, are in common, I believe. Oh, you know what? i got to pay off that Danville, California high school sending kids home for their Halloween costumes. I mean, there's there's got to be a name for this sort of thing. I'm looking forward to it and dreading it at the same time. Yeah. Because it's going to well, make it's, me angry. It's, horif- it's horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying and hilarious. Okay, that's next. My kids did it, and I noticed a lot of kids did it. You have two costumes now. You have the costume that passes the rules at school that you wear because it's fun to wear costumes to school, and then you have a costume that you wear on Halloween night, and as you pointed out 
which had escaped me, as you pointed out yesterday, and then you walk around with many of the same children and parents at night right. in your so-called not-okay costume, and nobody cries, nobody's hurt, nobody's sent to the hospital, nobody ends no. up in a mental institution from having seen it. Nobody hardly even notices. Isn't that hilarious? So in our own neighborhoods, in our own real lives, these costumes are perfectly okay. Nobody's bothered, but not okay for school because... Because uh, the school administration, the teachers in many cases, are the great, brutal guardians of what is correct and what is permitted. And and the uh, outsized influence of the super radical 3% on the left is so scary in schools. It's hilarious in a way. But the fact that they're, they run the place is crazy. Danville, California, congratulations. You've beclowned yourself to uh, an extent no one could hope to clown you. <laughs> Beautiful, enlightened, left-leaning, affluent Danville, California, Bay Area. A lot of college-educated white people sent two students home yesterday for wearing Mario and Luigi costumes from the, uh, what is that, uh, car racing game? Oh, Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah but exactly. I saw Cultural s- appropriation. It's a, oh, you're, you're, you're kidding. They're Italians. They're obviously Italians. That's you're not, you've kidding. got to go home. You can't wear your Mario and Luigi costume. That was a popular costume last night for kids and adults. Um, that I that uh, I would say that cracked like the top five of most I saw was the Mario and Luigi Mario costumes. But that, no, <laughs> cultural appropriation. Hey. Are you kidding? Hey, and school officials in Danville was... responsible for this. Put on a clown nose. Put on your bozo wig. Paint your face white with big red lips. Get yourself some giant floppy shoes, because you are effing clowns. Good Lord, you people are nuts. This is something weird that we've done to ourselves, or they've done to us, depending on how you want to look at it, where we've got these two worlds, like... You know, it's like the world on Twitter in the real world or the world in school in the real world mm-hmm. where yeah. everybody is fine saying stuff here. But if it's on Twitter, it's a crime and everybody's fine with these costumes. Nobody nobody was bothered by the costumes last night. Right. I'm sure. Right. But at a school, it's a different set of rules because of what? Yeah. You know, what's interesting just occurred to me is you hear uh, prattling on and, and weeping about democracy constantly from the left that. Uh, you know, it's all about the popular vote and the rest of it. Let's have a vote then. If a couple of kids get, get to wear Mario and Luigi costumes, it'd be 95 to 5. Right. And that's a oh, conservative yeah. estimate. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Yeah, you so be... love democracy? Let's vote on it. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my God. And those kids got sent home. How old were they? Do we know? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, my God. It's a high school. <sighs> you know, I've had to do this with my kids. You have to do it in the modern world. Explain to them the craziness of some adults. Yeah. Yep, we have reached peak stupid. Wow! Well, that delivered. That was exactly what I wanted. I enjoyed it and hated it at the same time, that story. Yep, yep. Horrifying. Horrifying and hilarious. We had two military experts on the other day. Joe wasn't here, and I asked them both about how big a deal Ukraine-Russia is. How big a deal is it to the United States? Two completely different answers. We'll play those for you. See which side you're on. If you miss an hour, get the podcast. Armstrong and get. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Elon has laid out what he's expecting out of his managers. He's expecting them to work hard, which lots of bosses expect. The coverage of this story is fascinating to me. I don't know oh, if it's because yeah. you need a boogeyman or or because Twitter has been so much fun for you if your politics are left for all these years, where you were the dominant voice in social media and anybody attempting to bring any balance to it whatsoever is just horrifying. Sure, and you could ban stories that made you uncomfortable. Right. So, oh, here, so I'll tell you about that coming up a little bit later. Kind of interesting. Oh, I came across this. I mentioned this to a certain point. I just saw Herschel Walker up on the screen, and it made me think, think of this. Uh, in case you don't know, the way Georgia works for the Senate, if nobody gets over 50%, they do a runoff with the top two candidates. And because we've got a 50-50 Senate, and it's going to be close again this 
year. There's a chance that it will come down to Georgia and they'll have a runoff, which will be a month later on December 6th. So we would have the whole nation, all the angst, all the political angst we've got in this entire country on one race in Georgia for control of the Senate. And who gets the Supreme Court justices or whatnot for the next two years? And man, so all of the money, all of the character assassination, all of the overheated rhetoric that may or may not lead to hammer attacks and Supreme right? Court justice would be assassinations. Jonah Goldberg tweeted out, if control of the Senate rests on a runoff between Walker and Warnock, only survivors will be cockroaches and the owners of Georgia TV stations who will use their ad revenue to build impervious floating fortresses. It will be. Yes. It will be crazy. So I mentioned on Thursday, Joe was not here. Where was Joe while his nation was in turmoil? Taking a nap. He was playing golf. And I Badly, by the way. <laughs> and uh, so what do I do when if Joe's gone? I book a bunch of guests because I, I can't just talk to myself. And um, had two of our military analysts on, Mike Lines and Jeff McCausland, who both have tremendous resumes in terms of knowledge and experience around all this different sort of stuff. And I mentioned this to him because I was reading in the dispatch, David French had written the day before, the most important story in the world remains the war in Ukraine. And he explains why. And I got into that conversation a little bit uh, in, a, in a segment without these guys. And so when I had Mike Lyons on, for instance, I asked him about this being the most important story in the world. And here's what he said. Um, for the United States, no. It's a, it's a regional conflict. And it has more impact on what happens in Europe. And for those people who are globalists, they might think that's the case. But really, at the end of the day, this is a regional conflict. It does not, you know, it's important for the United States from a from a national security perspective, but um, it, it's not it's not the most important. We've got to keep our eye clearly on our main threat, and that's China, and that's what could happen in the Pacific. I think we can do what we can as an infrastructure to support the Ukraine military. I mean, what's happening is, for example, the air defense platforms that we ordered, the, the Army ordered 50 of them, let's say. I, I think that's what the number was, 50 from Raytheon. And I think we've bumped that number down to allow 20 of them to be built for Ukraine. They won't get there till the spring, and it might not even matter. So those are the kind of things we're doing in our country to try to help this. But from our national security perspective, it, it's not, you know, we're not putting troops there. It's not, it's not enough to start World War III, that's for sure. So he is a pretty hard no, unless you're a globalist. It's a regional conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he probably would have added if it spirals out of control in the way that's been much discussed, then it could be a, a much bigger story. Ask Jeff McCausland the same question. Here was his answer. I think it absolutely is, without a doubt. I mean, let's just look at it this way. If he is successful in using military force to take territory that clearly belongs to a neighboring country, then what's to keep him from moving on to the Baltic Republics, to Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, parts of Poland, because he thinks he can get away with it? What's to stop the Chinese from saying, obviously the international community is not going to respond to these things, the norms that we established at the end of the Second World War, the territory is not seized, by armed aggression are no longer valid, and therefore we can move on uh, on Taiwan. So I think it's absolutely crucial that we are successful. You know, what really bothers me is when McCarthy said that and the progressive Democrats said that, one thing we know for sure, it brought a smile to Vladimir Putin's face. Right. Oh, absolutely. So that was referencing the fact that 
Kevin McCarthy, who's going to be Speaker of the House, said there's not going to be a blank check for Ukraine, which apparently he's walked back behind the scenes. But anyway, and then you had the 30 most progressive Democrats write a letter to Joe Biden saying, hey, let's uh, negotiate something out of this Ukraine thing. And then they recalled that letter. I don't know what the pressures are in Washington, D.C. that made Kevin McCarthy and the 30 progressives back off. But um, I know that uh, based on the text line and the emails we get, uh, you fall into one of those two camps probably. On the whole Ukraine story, I lean toward the 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 latter view. Well, define globalist as you think, Mike Lyons. Minute. What do you think? Mm, I don't know. I'd like to ask him because I'm not a I'm not a. It's our job to fix all the problems in the world, guy. But if the world order falls apart, it is going to harm us a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it, straight in the pocketbook. I mean, our standard of living will decline significantly if global commerce ceases to function in the way it has. So I don't think that makes me a globalist for thinking that. But, but I certainly get the argument. That I, the, 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 the thing that always catches me is if France and Germany don't freaking care enough to actually follow through on their promises, why am I as an American taxpayer supposed to? Yeah, that's that is such a frustrating aspect of this because the the European so-called powers they will talk big but they always wait to see if Uncle Sam acts first and thereby excuses them from doing what they said they would do. And we always do. And I know how tempting it is to say, well, all right, leave them ha- hanging. Leave them high and dry. Let's see what happens. Teach them a lesson. But, you know, that lesson could be just spectacularly expensive. Right. So I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I I think Trump was absolutely right about NATO. 100% right. Some of the things he said were probably indelicate, but that's his act that they're a, a bunch of phony non-bill-paying paper tigers and they ought to step up to the plate or or shut the hell up. And he got them to to a large extent. And then this invasion got them to more but yeah, as uh Lyons and McCausland and others have pointed out, there's still a bunch of big phonies. So Ian Bremmer has tweeted a couple of times in the last week that the talk of each party having a wing that wants to stop funding Ukraine is way overblown. He says that's much ado about nothing. It's a small percentage of people, and it's not going to grow. What do you think? You think it's going to become an issue or not? Uh, I'm sorry. What specifically the uh, that divide? Well, you got about thirty people. It would well thirty people that signed on to that letter among Democrats. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then maybe roughly the same number of Republicans. Yeah, yeah, it might. It just depends on what happens. Which is um, only 60 people out of 435. Right. They probably represent more than that. Um, and, and it was both both of those situations were kind of wishy-washy, and it was hard to tell who meant what and by and how strongly they meant it. It was all just weird. But you see the emails. I mean, there are, there are legit people who... who oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, for instance, I wasn't sure whether to bring this up now or later, but uh, we got a, a, a fabulous email uh, from uh, frequent correspondent Kevin, who is quoting extensively from a piece in Foreign Policy magazine <clears throat> that posits that Ukraine's war is like World War One, not World War Two, um, and and it compares and contrasts the whole World War Two Hitler thing, Neville Chamberlain appeasement, peace in our time thing with Ukraine, 
Um, and and it says that it's very different, and, and we don't have time to get into it in detail. Maybe I will later, because it's quite interesting. Um, and contrast it with World War One, in which the Kaiser pledged unconditional support to Austria-Hungary in their conflict with Serbia, and uh, long story short, is the largest military power in continental Europe, uh, tied its full might to the whims of a lesser ally in what was effectively a proxy war with Serbia's close ally, Russia. Um, and again, without, uh, what time is it? Yeah, I can't go into much detail. Um, I, I think it, it, it has aspects of both. I think trying to compare either world war to this situation is, is just, it's an interesting exercise, but it's not going to yield you a satisfactory answer. There's, there's something to both of them. But the idea that we would risk world war three for whatever incremental gain the Ukrainians can make on the battlefield and at the negotiating table right now, uh, it's kind of an iffy proposition. Mm. I mean, if you could today get the pre-invasion borders restored, you got your disputed Donbass region, that's fine. The Russians keep Crimea. Um, And then just peace. And uh, work out some of the unanswered questions going forward diplomatically, that sort of thing, as opposed to risking World War III. There are a lot of people who think, yeah, that's a good bargain. Let's take it. I I suppose it's hard to make an argument of why, as an American, I would want to push toward booting them out of Crimea and risking the nuclear exchange and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the Crimea thing is a real flashpoint. Um but at the same time, a power deciding to acquire a neighbor's territory by force and and stomping in the face of the international rules-based order, it, it needs to hurt bad. Well, right, because it's the parent saying you can't do that, and then they do it anyway, and you, and you as a parent just say, well, what are you going to do? How does that the, usually work out? And the evil siblings are looking on. How does that work as a parent when you let them get away with something and they realize, oh, okay, if you push them, he backs down. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, there the difficulty of history and uh, and you know these uh, these pivotal moments is that the answers aren't clear. No, history is taught as if it was inevitable. Well, of course we beat the British because we're good, plucky youngsters and, you know, shot well with our muskets and George Washington, blah, blah, blah. No, it could have gone either way. There are plenty of people who hated the revolution in the United States. They thought it was a mistake. There were bitter arguments. That's why they tarred and feathered people. It's just, it's always much messier than it looks uh, like from 150 years down the road. Boy, if you're a manager at Twitter, you might want to move a mini fridge into your office because you're going to be working a lot of hours, according to Elon. Among other things we can talk about on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Twitter is actually uh, trying to hire replacements, and we found some questions on the application that Elon Musk is sending out. And here are some of the questions. They're very interesting here. Let's check some of these out. First one says, are you comfortable working someplace where the punishment for eating someone's food in the office fridge is being blasted into space? After that, it asks, would you prefer to be paid in Dogecoin or Fortnite V-Bucks? Uh, V-Bucks, please. Yeah. Then it says, uh, please attach your resume and the dankest Spongebob meme you can find. These are odd questions. And finally, it asks, can I borrow $44 billion? Get paid in Fortnite V-Bucks. My kids would like that. Um, I'm fascinated by the media coverage of the whole Elon Twitter thing, <laughs> as if the world is coming to an end. For, and one is the politics of it, that, oh my God, if you had any slightly different point of view on Twitter, that would just lead to, to it's just, oh, it's Armageddon. It's, it's the end of the world. It's an unsafe space. I'm unsafe. And then the business reporting on it, as if something new and unique is happening, where somebody comes in and buys a company and people get laid off and there are changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens all the freaking time. I don't like it either um, uh, if I'm working somewhere. I mean, the radio industry through the ni- late 90s, early 2000s, it was constant. Big companies buying other companies and lots of people getting laid off and good, deserving, hardworking people losing their jobs because that's the way it works in capitalism. And, uh, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way like capitalism. That's just part of the process of... Of uh, the rebuilding, restructuring, constructive deconstruction, all that different sort of stuff. But it's mm. not, it's not, Elon's not doing anything new and unique. 
And he and he tweeted out over the weekend, there seem to be 10 managers for every coders, basically just saying they're too bloated here. There's so many right. people doing Top nothing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so a couple of the things that he tweeted out, um, well, I came across this. So Stephen King, the author, Elon had mentioned he's going to start charging $20 a month for blue check marks to help with the verification process or something like that. Well, he, he had a Twitter poll. Would you be willing to pay? Stephen King $20 a month to keep my blue check? F that. They should pay me. If that gets instituted, I'm gone like Enron. Okay, so that's your red line as a rich guy, $20. Like, that's some sort of cruel and you... I don't even know what that means. Um, Elon Musk responding to the whole... Well, the New York Times had a, the headline, Elon Musk in a tweet shares link from site known to publish false news. And we talked about that a fair amount yesterday. I think it was a real misstep by Elon, especially in the early days of running Twitter, to post a link to something that was baseless. Elon Musk retweeted that New York Times story and captioned it, this is fake. I did not tweet out a link to the New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. God, he's 16 years old. You know what he is? He's like, uh, well, he's the world's richest man with a sense of humor. Because I can. I mean, that's that's everything he does is because I can. The New York Times slams him for publishing false news. He says, I did not. So, he, you know, he shoots back because he can. But here's a number of tweets that he put out, and he hasn't tweeted that much since he took over. He has, uh, under his little thing now, it says Elon Musk head twit, and he's got 115 million followers or something. Talking about how things are going to get on Twitter now that were banned before. He said, finally, the truth that carbs are amazing can be said on this platform. <laughs> hashtag free speech. Hashtag so brave. <laughs> That's freaking great. That's so. That's such great trolling. Uh, then he said, fresh baked bread and pastries are some of the great joys of life. To be super clear, we have not yet made any changes to Twitter's content moderation policy. So they haven't done it yet. And we'll see how that turns out. That's hilarious. Hashtag so brave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a contrast, in case you're not following this stuff, and if you're not, good for you, but uh, the left is just weeping and gnashing their teeth and shrieking about how this is this is a disaster and headlines in the WAPO I mentioned earlier. If you can't be on Elon Musk's Twitter, here are some alternatives. I mean, it's just it's hilarious. Their panties in, are in a wad. The tears are streaming down their cheeks. The mucus flowing freely from their pretty little noses. And Elon is just trolling them. Twitter staff have been told to work 84-hour weeks. Managers are sleeping at the office as they scramble to meet Elon Musk's tight deadlines, reports say. Now, Elon had said when he was in the buying process that he wanted his managers to work at least as hard as he does. And he works crazy hours. I have worked for bosses like that. It's a killer. And I was was young and childless and could do it. But they're like, this is my life, and I'll make it my life, and you make it your life. And then at some point, you're like, yes. I'm not sure I want to make this my life the same way you make it your life. Yeah, I remember when we worked for that boss, and I had two babies in the house. That was a rather stressful time. Uh, but, yeah, so allegedly he's having their managers work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's true. I don't know. If you don't like it, quit. Yeah, well, I imagine they are scrambling to try to figure out how they're going to handle all this sort of stuff, and everybody's trying, probably trying to angle to keep their jobs. I would imagine, you know, there was all that talk from uh, the whole Twitter world about uh, quitting and mass layoffs and all that sort of stuff 
a week or so ago. We'll see if that actually happens. When it comes down to quitting your job, it's not quite as easy, which reminded me of this. So I'll bring this up on my phone. Um, we've talked about this before, but employee donations to midterm candidates by party. And you got the list out for all your tech companies as, as, uh, as it happens. To give you an idea of why you know Netflix might be the way it was about the Dave Chappelle transgender stuff or whatever. 99.6% of the employees at Netflix donated to Democratic causes. <laughs> 99.6. For Twitter, it has been 98.7. Wow. And the numbers are similar for Apple and Lyft and Google and Salesforce and Facebook and Tesla and eBay and PayPal and all the others. So now you get why they're filling their drawers that an independent voice is running Twitter. They can't imagine it. Well, you never run into somebody with a different point of view in your workspace, ever. If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.